Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Well, hell, now we all have a psyche. We all we all have this human genome thing going on. We all have a body, right? I'm pretty sure that's right. And if we were to look at our persona as a sexual vehicle, what's the biggest component in our psyche related to our sexuality? Well, I mean, what would that be? I mean, if we're talking size, would it be our, well, I mean, we can, we can, it's easy when we talk about sexuality to go to our genitals, but what about the skin on our body? That's pretty big. I mean, literally from head to toe. What about the skin on our body? Is that the largest vehicle of our sexual experience? What about our awareness, our consciousness? Now, we can't really put that in a box and weigh it or pull out a measuring stick and quantify it, but how how much does consciousness play into our sexual experience? I'm I'm talking about sex a lot right now, but we're going to get into other realms related to such things. Because, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, um, who hasn't in their wild and crazy years gone out and got drunk and, and went and had a good time with, uh, with a just-met partner? I mean, in a sense, that's sexuality, but there's not a lot of consciousness there what the hell what's going on here and of course on the show we always like to talk about the evolution of our persona the awakening of our divinity the the journey to enlightenment dun da 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 we're all on our journey to enlightenment dun da 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 I am so stoked for tonight's show. The topic tonight is intimacy and spiritual expansion. And our guest tonight is Dr. Elspeth Moit and Freddie Zental Weaver. We're going to bring them on in just a minute. We're going to have a, quite a conversation tonight. I mean, you might need to, like, saddle up or something because we just might get off in the weeds. And I always like it when we do such things. But but really, where are – okay, all right. Who's on, who's on their, their spiritual journey? Raise your hand. Are you on your spiritual journey? I mean, this podcast is kind of squared up with that. 
what does what does your your sexuality have to do with your spiritual journey? Are the two related or or are they separate? One one more thought, and then we're going to get to it because I know we're going to run out of time tonight. So in the beginning was the light, that non-local space, and then duality had to show up at some point. I mean, you didn't even have a watch to measure when duality is going to show up. Here's nothingness, no thingness, and then the the metaphorical big boom of all of creation's about to happen. How can you even see it coming if you can't measure time yet? <laughs> but in that, what I'm getting at with that is in the first impulse, the first ripple, the first deviation of duality was masculine and feminine. Masculine and feminine. And from that root, from that initial impulse, all other creation came into form. That's why everything can be categorized as masculine or feminine. And I think yin and yang could work in there as well. But when... When we talk about what we're going to talk about tonight, the idea of the, perhaps the divine idea of the masculine and the divine idea of the feminine, perhaps, is the most powerful fulcrum that we have to affect our human condition. I mean, billions of prayers have been prayed to some God in the sky. Billions of prayers come, I mean, suffering here on this planet sucks. Come on, come save our fannies. And no glowing deity has come down from the skies. No glowing orb with a magic wand has changed the slums into palaces. It's through our human condition. It's through our human persona. It's through our human genome. Yes, you and me. It's through us as the vehicle of the divine that what shall be shall be. It is through us as us as a portal of that divine consciousness. Now, although the topic tonight is into me, intimacy and spiritual expansion, we're going to be talking about a a book that our guests have written. I'm holding it in my hands, Sexual Enlightenment. There's that consciousness, sexuality, right in the title, Sexual Enlightenment, How to Create Lasting Fulfillment in Life, Love, and Intimacy. Well, let's get to it. Again, our guest is Dr. Elspeth Moit and Freddie Zental Weaver. 
we're going to be talking about intertwining of intimacy and spiritual expansion. This dynamic duo guides individuals and couples into the transformative power of human conscious, human connection, intimacy, and relationship mastery in the context of spiritual elevation. As explored in their acclaimed best-selling books, intimacy between two people can be one of the most potent gateways to full spiritual expression, and spiritual expansion can often heighten the ability to achieve a successful, unconditional state of intimacy. These two are deeply intertwined. Join me in welcoming our guest to the show. Welcome you two to the show. Hi, Les. Hi, Les. Thank you. Great being on your platform. Good to be here are with we you having, tonight. Are we having fun yet? That Always. was a great intro, man. <laughs> wow, you really set the stage, brother. Woo. That That's right. I mean, we get... People don't want buttered down truth. They want that blunt truth, I would suggest. <laughs> now, I I always like to start off with terms to clarify to new listeners what we're talking about. Uh, um, sexuality and enlightenment. Enlightenment might be pretty well defined, but sexuality has been mangled by so much. But the term I want to start off with is Tantra. When we use the term, <clears throat> excuse me, when we use the term Tantra, how would you two describe that? Well, you know, Tantra is a lot of things. There are many variations. Uh, we're Tantra Nova, Tantra New, so we're integrating aspects of the East and the West in terms of how sexuality leads us in an altered state to connecting to our spiritual superconsciousness. And then we also, in our workshops, work with people who are looking to create something in their life. But Tantra originally was one of the original yogas of the energetic body, unlike Hatha Yoga of the physical form. Um, and so what we're integrating is the aspect of the yoga of the energetic body, using breath, using sexual energy, specific ritual practices, with Western approaches to transformation in terms of generative language, how we create our reality and language, and uh, creative self-discovery, how we discover ourselves in the creative process of music, movement, and art. And we've uh, put our own gestalt together as a process for people to get to that what they most deeply desire in this simple process of living. And we use the sexual altered state of consciousness to get to that unconscious aspect of ourselves that keeps giving us what we don't think we want, but we keep creating it, coming from that we're the only ones out there authoring our lives. Nice. Well, the idea of um, sexuality, uh, when it when sexuality is, is anchored in in love and awareness and consciousness, from my perspective, it seems like the more we let our guards down, so to speak, we, we show up for another, we show up for our beloved, and we, I don't know, metaphorically let our guard down or take our mask off or something, it, can, it, it seems to connect us with... Um, kind of a charged aspect of our persona like 
uh, I think many times when people start to get truly um, present and conscious and pre- uh, w- with their partner and that intimacy, that, that sacred space starts to form, it can kind of uh, bring an awareness of perhaps subconscious elements of ourselves that we weren't aware of. And perhaps many times people uh, stop it and, and back away and, and make an ex- they all of a sudden have a, quote, headache, unquote. <laughs> um, how, do you, how do you see sexuality as a vehicle of change as it relates to unresolved aspects of ourselves? Yeah, great question. So let's distinguish between sexuality and sexual energy. So sexuality is often uh, associated with the act of sex, be it by oneself or with another. Sexual energy is ever-present. It doesn't have to show up in an act, and it can. So sexual energy, as we use the term, is life force energy. It's life-giving energy, and it can show up at different gradations. So let's say right now you are listening less, Freddie's listening, the audience is listening while I'm speaking. We are, most of us are on a subtle state in a subtle state of life force energy that is sexual in nature. Subtle, we are just reflective. Now, when I walk or work out at Lake Michigan in the summer and the breeze touches my skin, I'm not highly aroused, yet my energy has slightly risen. It's pleasant, it's pleasurable feeling the breeze on my skin. And then, of course, that energy can go all the way up to a climactic moment, a ejaculatory moment. So this energy is always life force sexual energy just at different gradations. And in the tantric practice, we actually can learn how to play that energy like we learn to play a flute. So we can play on the lower registers, on the higher registers, in solo practice. We can bring it into partner practice. Of course, both partners want to be familiar with playing the flute, so to speak. So we can attune our energies, circulate our energies. And I want to speak a little bit more about the life force energy that, you know, moves through us from the base of the spine to the top of the head, moves up on each inhalation and down on each each exhalation. It does this without our knowing or doing, just like blood runs through our veins and arteries, energy runs through our nervous system. And we become, can become more attuned to subtle energy, how that energy runs through our body, as well as then more aroused energy. And we can learn to move, to affect that wonderful, life-giving, pleasurable energy. And that can open up the possibility of reintegrating our physical sexual self with our love and heart self, 
with our mental and spiritual consciousness self. Because most of us, while we grow up, got compartmentalized. You know, like the disappointments we experienced that then broke something down. You know, like that we may no, no longer trust or that we just don't open our heart anymore or someone may have gotten sexually abused and doesn't want to open up in a sexual sense or has become very promiscuous to compensate. However, when we come into that flow of that life-giving energy, we can reintegrate and no longer be compartmentalized. And the beauty that shows up less is that we feel whole, we feel complete within. And then, of course, we can share this with another. Very nice. Very nice. So the to reintegrate the aspects of ourselves that we have compartmentalized uh, earlier in our life, fragmented perhaps, and and to reintegrate that as a as a me persona, as me as a genome, me as a psyche. When I when I bring myself more into a sense of wholeness, and then in in communion with a partner, with them in their wholeness, <laughs> just just saying this sentence, these sentences, my mind goes pop because the, it it's like the return to source consciousness or something that's uh exactly exactly yes that's it so, you know mm-hmm. so the 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 vehicle of the heart i mean we we have the idea that the heart is the uh the organ or the mechanism so to speak that we love with but is there a um a broader aspect of the heart as it relates to this wholeness? You know, this is the thing is the heart is really the key because when we bring, as for men particularly, learning to transmute that sexual energy from the lower chakra, the second chakra, up to the fourth, the heart chakra, that's a process of breath, energetic awareness, and that can become a heartgasm, and that's a whole other experience as, of, of an energetic release and connectedness with this, you know, this universal uh, orgasmic, uh, you know, explosion that brought us into the world. <laughs> You know, really, this work, really, uh, it sounds sometimes when people listen to it, oh, this sounds so woo-woo, you know. But what's right. really woo-woo are single-celled amoebas, multi-celled organisms, and a universe that goes on for ad infinitum, which is hard to imagine. And that's our lineage. So we're just beginning to tap into something that we're a part of. And this sexual energy was creating life before we had language. Uh, and right. when we bring consciousness to it, in terms of the way we're talking, in terms of consciousness of breath, energetic awareness, and intention like I want to create a beloved or more connectedness with my beloved, we get more unmasked 
in this altered state of consciousness that happens in the sexual, again, not again, but for the first time on this show, to say that when we are in our sexual energy, we are more open, loving, vulnerable, receptive. Chemically, we're shifted more endorphin, serotonin, oxytocin, the feel-good hormones. So it's in that altered state that we can get to the subconscious aspects of ourselves, which is 95% of things running. So a lot of the way we look into the world is formed from the clay that we've experienced in our life, you know. Um, all the good things, the bad things, the, uh, the uh, modeling that we received, the bullying, the potty training, the good stuff, the bad stuff, and we look into the world from this place. The good news is that what connects us to this elegant design of the universe that we're a part of, I mean the makeup of our bodies and all of it, is our imagination, our capacity to dream and imagine something that's never been before. So to get to that, to actualize that, requires us working with this clay, getting out of our own way, if you will, uh, becoming a curious observer of ourselves to move into this super consciousness of what's possible. And that's what this work does for people. We've been doing this for 24 years all over the world with couples and singles, and we've seen transformation happen. People come in with an intention, and it starts to show up just in the simple process of living. Yeah, and that is the key, darling, if I could uh, build on that which is that then with the imagination and dreaming that we then use that potent, life-giving, sexual pleasure energy to fuel our dreams. So again, back to what you started out with, Les, the sexual and the enlightenment, the sexual and the spiritual, the sexual and consciousness, that so typically are separated in all world cultures, you know, uh, or most, let's say, in, in world religions, that we say that, no, what could be more spiritual than creating new lives? And what we need for that is that vibrant, you know, life-giving sexual energy. So... Again, we spoke about reintegrating, reintegrating, and we reintegrate that human being that is earthly and heavenly at the same time. We have this phenomenal body with all these nerve endings. You know, we are equipped to feel pleasure, to experience pleasure, and uh, both uh, with ourselves, with another. It's phenomenal. We all have this connection to the heavens, to the higher self, to the divine, to consciousness, whatever we want to call it, to God. And we are all that simultaneously. So it is just returning to who we are already. We are sexual, spiritual beings. And in the tantric practice, we get to really cultivate and experience and embellish and fuel it. So it's rather delicious. <laughs> delicious indeed. Well, I have this visual that I've had for quite a while. So you, you pray to God or God, goddess, and it's like, you know, boy, howdy, it'd really be swell if we could transcend this suffering stuff. And it it seems to me that the answer to the prayer is like this 
uh, hologram, this this multidimensional uh, vision of the answer of the prayer, and and when you when you hone your vehicle, the masculine and the feminine, and you come together where two or more are gathered, the answer to the prayer is the energetic vibration of what you seek, and the feminine having. Uh, no physical form can receive it in its totality. And as you draw it in through your feminine into the heart space, there's the blueprint for it. And then the masculine capitulates it out into form. And so the, 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 the divinity that saves our ass is ourselves when we hone our vehicles into the truth of who we are we become the vehicle to the answer to the prayer. But if we cannot receive that that holographic vision of, of the answer to the prayer, if we can't um, embody it without polluting or diluting it, then we can't manifest it, if that makes sense. Hmm. Yeah, I want to pick up on that, you know, and moving right with you on this lesson in terms of, people in their lives wanting to be happy, looking for something outside of themselves. And we get a lot of people who come through our portals uh, and, you know, perhaps they're in the peak of their sexual aliveness in their 30s and she's like, you know, I don't know if he loves me. And he's like, yeah, of course I love you, honey. And he pours in his erection, you know. And she's like, <laughs> yeah, but can you kiss me with your heart? And that's not right. something that us guys learn. You know, we, we are modeled two emotions to be okay to show. That's fucking or fighting. Excuse my French. Um, right. You know, and so, you know, the little guy with the little erection, look, ma, no hands, you know, and he, we're run by the little head our whole life. You know? so, so for the man to start to learn to integrate this masculine, feminine, yin-yang balance is learning to become more conscious of this uh, this what appears to to the woman oftentimes is lust, selfish love, because that's where we, in those moments, are able to feel infinitesimally, you know, in terms of good, bad, sad, uh, intimate, uh, cry. We we can really feel in that sexual piece. So that's where we start to feel it, whereas the woman starts in her heart. So we, you know, in our practices and people come to this work, the man learns the separation of ejaculation from orgasm which uh, for a lot of folks, that's all they think Tantra is about, is some trick to last longer, you know. But right. lasting longer versus learning to circulate consciously this, what I call sexual orgasmic nectar, is another level of awareness. And that puts us back to the primordial beginning, you know, because we, this is not learning anything new. It's really remembering what we've forgotten. Because when we started out in the womb, it was womb service. You know, it was just easy. <laughs> there was no any worry, not even food or any thought. Or any, our minds hadn't even developed yet, you know, our brains. And so then we're born and, you know, bright lights and some kids or guys are getting their wee-wees cut and we're thinking, send me back. And then life happens and all this stuff happens. Um, you know, so this is remembering that, that ease and grace and flow. So, and anybody who comes willingly in a body can get this work. Uh, it just sounds initially so steeped in you know, uh, so many different types of words, and, and it sounds so existential. And yet when it comes down to it, people come to our, our, our uh, institute who've done no meditation, who know nothing of this, 
And once they start doing some of the practices of meditation and integrating it with some of the sexual ritual practices or exercises that they're, they're shown and that they do, how to work with, again, like I mentioned earlier, that altered state of what happens in the sexual. That's the big piece because now we're expanding that with the learned observer, the witness, the watcher of our thoughts in that altered state with intention allows one to start to move with grace, ease, and flow through what appears to be the resistance of what has been in the way of keeping them to create what they most deeply desire. Darling, that's clear. what about if you talk now a little bit about sexual meditation? Right, right. So, yeah, sexual meditation is one of the most powerful meditations we can do. Uh, in a book that um, Napoleon Hill wrote years and years and years and years ago called Think and Grow Rich, he was teaching people how to think to be rich, how to believe they could be rich. And he mentioned in a section in his book, lucky is the person who learns to use sexual energy to create wealth. That was his thing, to create wealth. And he didn't tell you how to do it. We do. Uh, you know, and so in, in most of the cases for people coming to us, they want to create more love and intimacy in their life. So it's really learning how to get out of our own way in a sexual meditation practice uh, what is done is there's a self-love practice where one can do this with themselves, which I teach in the men's workshop. So they're actually, instead of masturbating to ejaculation, we're working with that, that level, levels of uh, ejaculatory reflex, say 10 being the ejaculatory moment, working with a 7 or a 5 or a 6, and then there's a particular muscle uh, contraction like a Kegel or a Bulabanda, and there's breathing and awareness and attention and intention on a location of sensation and moving it with the breath to the heart. That's, this sounds a lot, but it, once you do it a few times, it becomes pretty intuitive. And once they start doing this, they're starting to work with leading, the, leading allowing themselves to be led through what happens in this altered state of the sexual to then dance in what they're creating as an imagination and a visualization process. And that's the meditation. It's like ex expanding it and turbocharging it with what happens in the altered state of the sexual and the uh, witness state of mind. And that's yeah. the way of integrating the sexual with the heart with a consciousness through this sexual meditation practice, be it in solo practice or in partner practice. Beautiful. Now, I'm going to ask you both the same question, but um, from a masculine and feminine perspective. So if I'm a listener to the show, because 2020 kind of slapped us all upside the head and, and sitting in our house or sitting in isolation, um, we kind of got pushed into our psyche. And a lot of people have realized that, th that there's a, a bigger sense of self to know about, a bigger uh, uh, awakening or whatever. I don't want to get into that too much. But the question mm -hmm, I ask mm -hmm. you, the question I ask you is because, like, I can speak from the masculine perspective. If I'm a big ass country boy and I milk the cows and I herd the sheep and I ride the horses, and I see my masculinity as this big ass body and a strong work ethic. And, and I have an identity rooted in that. And Elspeth, in the feminine, you might speak to 
uh, common uh, uh, senses of self and the feminine persona, the question I ask you to is, as I go through, um, if I engage the sexual awareness journey, will I lose, will I become less than who I think I am now, if that makes sense? Absolutely not. You'll, I think, begin to have more choice about who you want to be and who you are being uh, in terms of being more of a witness to, again, this clay because we all are this clay. Yeah. So also we want to be aware of that when we set sexual energy, energy free, we become more available to ourselves. We become more available to our creative self because it's, it's the most powerful creative energy there is. It brings forth life. You know, nuclear energy is very powerful too, but it cannot bring forth life. Mm-hmm. So when we clear the shadow, when we clear the abuse, when we clear the sadness, when we clear when whatever may be there, and some may be from when we were in the womb or when we just came out of the womb, or it may have happened when we got breastfed or when we were five years old and the dad didn't come home one night and we thought now he doesn't love us any longer. Whatever may have happened, more severe or less, that is when the energy gets constricted and cannot flow anymore in that free way as, you know, with children often, they are not as compartmentalized yet. They play, they are happy for no reason, they jump, they move, you know, uh, there is joy and freedom and then we grow up more and more and we become more constrained. And in the tantric practice, by reconnecting with our life-giving, sexual, joyous energy, that of course in the rediscovery, and I'm not speaking about I can have good sex without what I'm describing right now. So two bodies can be together and have sex, but that doesn't mean that there is consciousness. Actually, you alluded to that earlier. Now, there is nothing wrong or bad about it. We are, we are not saying that just having sex for last reasons isn't a great thing. The only thing is, if that is the only thing what we are familiar with, then it's just very limited. So we are open the horizon. We expand, and that creative sexual energy, when it's set free, there's actually more of us available for self-expression, greater fulfillment within, being more like for women to be in their feminine. That doesn't mean that I don't have a strong masculine side. However, if I'm not connected to my feminine, I'm out of balance. And what it means, speaking from a woman's side, is that a big thing for us women is to learn to trust again. Because many of us don't trust men. And when I speak to women, when they come to us, we have the first conversation, and I share a little bit from my 
history because how I came to Tundra was out of a great despair in intimate relationships. I had this pattern of attracting unavailable men. And there came a point when I saw the trajectory, if I was not going to change the pattern, that I would end up without lasting intimacy and love in my life before I was going to leave this planet. And I was not willing to settle for that. That was the time when I dedicated myself to the tantric practice. And what opened up for me was was that I discovered that I distrusted men. Now, at the time, that was 25 years ago, you would not have called me less if you had known me then a distrusting bitch. I was charming. I invited them in, the guys, you know, reeled them sure. in. But underneath, there was this holding back. I thought the guys were not available, That uh, you know, the unavailable men. But right. what I discovered was that I was not available because it, when I don't trust... And it was not like trusting men, distrusting men per se. There was a story within me that came from an 18-year-old experience. And in the tantric practice, I could clear that, I could heal it so that the distrust could dissipate. And in place of it, trust in myself arose, trust in men in general arose, and six months later, Freddie came into my life. And I'm sure I would not have recognized him as a potential partner. I would have seen him. You know, he's a tall, black guy, handsome, all of it. But not as a potential partner if I had not done the clearing work that allowed me to become available. He was available. I would not have gotten that. So it's very powerful what we can clear, what we can heal, and set ourselves free. So back to your question, we become more of ourselves, more fully self-expressed. Very nice. Very nice. I'm glad you brought up trust because the um, the sense I get a lot of times uh, we wake up, so to speak, like here we are now, here we are. Here we are mm-hmm. as adults, and we've we've got a few decades clicked off as adults, but we're really kind of posturing. It, it's like we have this standing guard going on. That if I if I let go, if I collapse my guard, if I let let it down, and I trust that somehow, somehow, I will turn into something that I don't recognize myself in. It's it's the idea of, I mean, the Western idea of a man is, you know, suck it up and, and you know, get back on the saddle kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. and we, can, we can form an identity around that. Well, I did that. I sucked it up and then got back on the horse, and that's who I am. I'm the guy that follows the, the template, so to speak. And mm-hmm. when we go to let go of that template, because it's our measuring stick of who we are, when we let go of that template of how we're, quote, supposed to behave and open up to this, this 
really gigantic woo-woo-ness of consciousness, spirituality, sexuality. It, we can feel like if if I let go, I'll be lost in it, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, that's, that's the thing, Les. It's just, I, the willingness is the first piece because the old self will always be there. What opens up, though, when we open up to the woo-woo or the existential superconsciousness, if you will, is choice. That's really simply put, is we then can choose who we have believed ourselves only and totally to be, to then move towards what we want to create in this mystery of life that this is, this mystery of being born, living, and dying. You know, I don't know what's before or what's after. There are a lot of stories and a lot of you know, uh, religious, uh, you know, uh, predictions about it, but I don't think that it's this. You have to say that this is the only time forever that we are awake like this in these bodies. Right. And really the opportunity to dance our dream, to, sh- to be our light, to be the diamond that we are. From the modeling that we see, receive, from the, uh, the expectations that we believe about ourselves, to move into this dreamer that we are, because we are dreaming this world. We are dreaming our experience. You know, someone could come into a room, two people, and one person likes it and the other person doesn't. It's the same physical room. We are recreating the space from our internal selves. So once we can begin to shift and believe something different, it starts to show up. It's like you don't notice red cars until you have one. They were always there. (laughs) Well, and I like what you said about choice because if if I have an identity in this masculine, I'm I'm a strong, I'm a you know. and I and I let my soft side out, it's not like I've mm-hmm. let go of the choice that I can't snap into, you know, if a crisis comes, yes. I can go right back to that strong right. persona. Exactly. Cause it's not good. a loss. Yeah, I don't have to, it's not like I have to surrender and give up no, um, the attributes that, yeah, I'm just trying to get in the head of the, of of why because uh, this can seem intimidating to the ego because the outcome is un, unknown. So to to yeah. language that nothing has to be surrendered, it mm-hmm. can bring a sense of comfort to the ego if that makes sense. Absolutely, it's expansion. It's expansion. Exactly. It's like you know the Newtonian leader is mechanistic and basically sees right or black, left or right, as opposed to a quantum leader is someone who sees many possibilities. Right. You well, know, now so opening up to that. Can you can you two share? I mean, uh, Elspeth, you, you talked a little bit about how you came into this um, with. Uh, starting off with a lack of trust of men. I mean, how has your two individual journeys brought you to uh, to the platform that you've created now? Yeah, so at the time, 25 years ago, I was a management consultant. I traveled the world. I had gotten really good at consulting, but then... You know, I noticed my intimate relationships are not fulfilling. There was a lot of heartbreak, and and I really wanted to shift that. So 
And I had done, so back to this 18-year-old experience, uh, what came back in my tantric healing was that experience of the 18-year-old that was deeply in love with her first boyfriend. And one day he asked me to have intercourse. And I said yes, although I was not ready. It was freakingly painful. I had to go to the gynecologist. The gynecologist <clears throat> sent the bill to my house. My dad opened it. All hell broke loose. <laughs> my dad called me a whore. The wow. boyfriend left the relationship a few weeks later. So there I was totally alone, no soul to turn to. And that was the moment when I made a decision. You know, these kind of nanosecond decisions that are more for the sake of coping. And for me, it was something like, see, Elspeth, men are not there when you really need them. And while that was so at the time of the 18-year-old, that trailed me into my young adulthood, into my adulthood. And no wonder that I attracted unavailable men, because that was further proof of, see, Elspeth, they are not there when you really need them. It, in a very twisted way, we then create circumstances that validate whatever decision, whatever conclusion we drew at a certain time to cope. And while I had done therapy in the 30s around this whole experience, and that was very useful, so I thought it was all complete. However, what I did not know was that there are memories on the cellular level that cannot be accessed through the conscious mind. So I cannot talk about it in talk therapy. However, in the tantric practice, where we connect with the entirety of our being, our visceral being, our physical being, our sexual being, I mean, the whole, the emotional being, Places are being touched literally and figuratively that we cannot touch through what we can conceive consciously. And so that happened for me, uh, you know, in one of the healing rituals, and it really was a pivotal moment in my life because I could clear that 18-year-old experience. I could clear that disappointment and sorrow over the first lost boyfriend and you know that cleared and in my clearing I became available I became reconnected between my sex and my heart because I had closed off my heart when we don't trust we our heart is closed or to some extent and now after this experience with the, when I was 18 years or years old, I, you know, had a number of boyfriends and sex, and it was like finding a love through sex, which, of course, is not right. possible, that getting sex was easy, getting love was not so easy, you know. But anyway, that is when we speak about the reintegration of the sexual, emotional, spiritual. For me, it was that reconnecting of my yoni, which is the sexual center of a woman, which means sacred space, the reconnection 
of my sacred space with my heart. And that is what opened up. And that allowed me then to trust, like to open to trust again. And that it was the time when I met Freddie, and that uh, at the time I then uh, had studied Tantra, I had gone through a certification program, and then he came into my life. And that's one little story I need to tell. So I was very clear that I wanted to be with a partner who was either very interested in studying Tantra as well or already practicing Tantra. And guess what? In his second or third email, he writes to me, and by the way, I grew up in a Tantric household. (laughs) Now, darling, tell the story. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if Les wants to jump well, in. <laughs> well, those those are those are beautiful words. I mean, very well spoken, um, mm. very nice, and yeah, and I, I don't. Uh, I just want to acknowledge that. I I love the um, the clarity in which you see the mechanisms of your life path imprinting your psyche and then cleansing your psyche what a what a beautiful story so freddie how how mm-hmm. is it that you came into this work yeah yeah okay yeah so uh, again we've had our institute for 23 years here in chicago i was in the corporate world as well uh for 20 plus years uh, i was in software in san francisco for many years when i first started in that industry it was exciting and new and after about 15 years it was just a job living in san francisco loved it always loved the bay area but i was looking for something to reinvigorate my my life um and so i was first introduced to these practices when i was living in hawaii i was 13 years old uh going through my puberty spending a lot of time in the shower <laughs> and my father <laughs> at the time, took pity on me, probably thought I was going to hurt myself in there, and gave me a book to read on how to integrate meditation and sex practices. Well, I loved it. My girlfriend loved it. And even more than that, I had this idea to go on and this dream and wish to go on to college on athletic scholarship, but didn't believe I could get the training, exposure, and coaching in Hawaii. Well, the practices assisted me in shifting that belief And I did all the things that you'd do to go on to college and athletic scholarship in terms of training camps and coaching and and games and so on. But it was with ease and grace and flow. It just came to me. It was easy. And so I went on after college. um, I kept doing these practices and reading books and applying these principles in my personal relationships. And, well, at some point, as I said, I was looking for a reinvigoration of my life, a reengagement. So an opportunity opened up here in Chicago, and they hired me, moved me here. And that was 23 years ago. I was single online looking for Shakti, a female Tantra partner, and Elsbeth's profile showed up. And I guess intuitively I was led here to meet her because we met in almost six months to the day. We, what I call, transcended the romantic drama and created Tantra Nova, which was our baby. And it so fulfilled my deepest contribution that I could make and be in authenticity in terms of my own individual creative uh, beingness of who I am and what I love to do. Uh, it's just been such a joy working with Elspeth and, and doing this work and seeing what shows up for people. Um, it's just really, it's expanding. I believe that this is really, and when we started our work, I said this to Elspeth, I said, this is really creating peace on earth. 
because once you get into it, you realize it's bigger than the bedroom. And Elizabeth was like, well, please don't tell people that because people are like, peace on earth. I just want an <laughs> orgasm. What, are you kidding me? <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's, it's uh, yeah. So much well, is happening, and I think, <laughs> good. Well, um, the two of you, with this platform, from my perspective, I mean, as you share your more or less life path into this work, the book you've written, Sexual Enlightenment, How to Create Lasting Fulfillment in Life, Love, and Intimacy, is uh, very, in my perspective, comprehensive and articulate Mm. and clear. Uh, And I've Mm. talked to hundreds and hundreds of people your mm-hmm. material is is so balanced and spot on. I just applaud the two of you. Oh, thank well, you so thank much. Thank you. That's quite an acknowledgement. Thank you, Les. Wow. Now I now I have a story of my own that's mm-hmm. funny. In my in my mind, it's funny because I know you two worked with Charles and Carolyn Muir. Yes. So, like twenty years ago. I'm with my girlfriend, and we're 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 doing tantra work with Charles and Carolyn, right? And mm-hmm. um, um, part of that process is you take turns being uh, being only the giver and only the receiver. So yes, you take turns, and so in in this one particular night is my girlfriend's turn to be the receiver, and mm-hmm. and I've I've prepped. I've prepped the room and and we're early in the night and and she's uh, she's in taking a, a casual sensual bath right and mm-hmm. I'm the giver so so she's going to receive all night long and not give just receive and I'm I'm the orchestrator so to speak well while mm-hmm. she's in the bathroom her flipping dog got out. And ran off down oh, no. the street. The oh, dog no. took off down the street, and I'm like, "You little <laughs> shit, get your ass back here!" And and I'm, I'm I'm thinking, "What the crap am I gonna tell her?" And and I go up and go up and talk to her. Hey, baby, you know what's going on? And in my mind, I'm I'm freaking out, but I don't want to convey <laughs> any of that. <laughs> and and luckily, I I don't know. How it got back, maybe my angels kicked in, but the the dog came back. But just for that ah. that fleeting moment, it's like, honey, I hope you enjoyed the evening, but I've got bad news. <laughs> Fluffy <laughs> ran off. And oh, anyway. You could have never received with that in our head, right? You had to put on your clothes and go look for the dog. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, wow. Tantric healing versus uh, meets reality in another sense. Huh? Well... All right, so I, I like the the before and after perspective because you've worked with so many people, and and there's plenty of people in our audience that this might be the first time they've heard of it. Can you share, like, before and after stories like, you know, John and Jane Doe came to us, and they had this and they had that. I mean, you know... Give us some before oh, and yeah. after ideas so we can look at the effect it can have with people. Yeah, yeah. 
So, yeah, the, I remember a couple that <clears throat> came really at the brink of separating. You know, it was, uh, we were recommended to them by, I think, a colleague of the husband's. And, um, and so they arrived here. There were lots of tears. Like, the, I remember the first weekend, it was, he was angry and resentful. She was in tears all the time. And in the work, something opened up for them that they could find back together, that they could listen in a new way to each to themselves first and then to each other and this is a couple who comes to us every so often because they know to go back to that you know source that this is so beneficial in their life and i think that was i don't know 15 years ago or so and but they are still not that they work with us all the time because it's not needed once you had an opening once you had a clearing it's not that you have to come back and back and back but every so often you want to be reminded you may want to go to a new level of insight of experience because while we live you know we evolve and new just new ways of looking new yearnings new desires new openings maybe um, want to be explored. Hmm. So um, some of the stories are miraculous in terms of turnarounds. And then some couples come or some people come, they don't, are not in breakdown, but they are very curious about how they can expand and how the tantric practice and that sexual, spiritual wholeness and integration I remember one couple support in just yeah. one mother's story shortly uh, and they came and they had just lost not just but they had lost a, a son who was like in his 20s and they um, he had died I guess four or five years before they, he, they came to us and they loved each other very much but every time they would go to be intimate they would just get so sad and in you know a really deep you know sadness so they found us on the internet uh, and they came to us and through the practices, they were able to, through the altered state of the sexual and the practices and the witness state of mind and all of the practices they were teaching them and showing them, they were able to get some distance from the, you know, uh, sadness uh, in the morning and be able to put it in a place that they could be with it but not have it be them, you know. Right. They could fully experience it but also have distance to let it go. And that, that really saved their life and they were able to save their marriage and save their aliveness and they were able to make it work and they're still, you know, clients to this day. Uh, so, and there's just been so many uh, experiences like that for people where they were able to get some distance from themselves, their beliefs, their experiences. Yeah. I also want to be very clear, this is not just for couples like me. You know, I started out solo we work probably 50% with couples and 50% with individuals uh, and singles who want to create, you know, a new experience, uh, uh, inviting a partner into their life, or some come to really explore that sexual, spiritual connection and learning how to fuel themselves with that life-giving creative energy and so, and by the way, we also want to share this with the audience, you know, 
that there is more we want to give away today. Mm. Well, Can I uh, talk about it? Oh, please. Actually, you read my mind because the next sentence of my mouth was going to be, it's time to put the attention on YouTube, your platform, <laughs> your books. Take the time to tell us about your books, how you yes. work with people. Is it in person? Is it online? Is, is there a group? I mean, be articulate and let the audience yes. know about your platform and your resources, please. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, our website where you can learn more about us and our work in Tantranova is URL tantranova.com, T-A-N-T-R-A-N-O-V-A.com, and you will find all the programs, both group programs, workshops, as well as also one-on-one uh, programs because some people like to do this work with others in a group and then there are some people who really prefer the privacy of just working with us one-on-one -on -one or a couple with Freddie and me together uh, our work the workshops are all in person except the men's workshop men's sex and power workshop and the awakening to your feminine essence workshop for women can be attended either in person or by Zoom. So they are hybrid. Um, <clears throat> so that is a possibility for people who cannot travel. And um, in terms of our book, yeah, Sexual Enlightenment, How to Create Lasting Fulfillment in Life, Love and Intimacy, it's available on Amazon, both in hard copy and in audio format um, and that gives really a great foundation to the work so if you as a listener want to learn more you know all the different distinctions and practices and the theory behind it the history behind it that's a great way of starting and then we have a special gift for everyone who is listening today which is a, a video class called The Introduction to Sexual Meditation. We thought we would like to give you a little bit more than what we could talk about here in the conversation so that you can take some of the practices that we teach that lead you to sexual meditation, that you can bring that into your life now. So there will be a link in the show notes, and I understand at least less, uh, if I'm correct, so you can pick up that gift, that sexual meditation video class. Yes. Well, time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a delightful episode. I, it's been such a joy having you two on. I, I want to thank you for being our guest. Do you have any closing thoughts for our audience? Well, I would, let me just add, say to leave your audience with, keep owning your life and choosing everything in it. Wow, that's beautiful. And I would say, keep your heart open, no matter what. Mm. Beautiful. Beautiful. 
Very nice. Well, I want to thank you two for being our guests tonight. I've thoroughly enjoyed this episode. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much, Les, for your guidance and for your grace. And your platform and you. Thank you so much. We've been talking to Dr. Elspeth Moit and Freddie Zantal Weaver, and the topic tonight has been intimacy and spiritual expansion. You know, you you have this the the vehicle, uh, your this human genome that you have, this human body that you have, this human persona that you have, and and your soul's intention for your life. You're holding the best hand you can hold. You're. You're sitting in the best seat in the house. Heaven and hell is a personal experience. You, your persona, when you honor your life purpose, when you get clear about your life purpose and you show up for it and you engage it with the compassion of your heart, the the level of satisfaction and fulfillment, because when you honor the intention of your heart and your soul, you have heart and soul caliber fulfillment. You have heart and soul caliber satisfaction. The ego cannot create that on its own. You want to feel good about your life? Engage in your life purpose. Your soul, before you're even flipping born, your soul's looking at the whole dynamic and going, well, what the hell, you know? Uh, probably need a few train wrecks to wake them up and, you know, some really stiff challenges or whatever, your soul handpicked the narrative of your life. You're, you're never stuck. You can make a new choice now and now and now forever, and that new choice can bring a new outcome, a new destination, a new experience. So even if if you've been through the ringer way too many times, than you might have preferred. Here you are here and now with choice, with consciousness, with awareness. You're loaded for bear. You really are. When when you take the time to hone the understanding of who you really are, who you really are, the the as a personification of source consciousness and then you you take the steps to grow you as a vehicle you as a modality love love the fabric of the universe when you engage your life purpose in love when you embody love the universe mirrors that love back to you. The universe mirrors 
that love back to you. The ego can't touch that stuff. It can't. We have to, it's a, we don't have to do anything. But when we choose to get our ego to stand down, step back and let go and let the, the passion of our heart and the vision of our soul to guide us moment to moment in this day and every day, then we become the vehicle of the divine. That's how prayers are answered through the human persona. It was never intended that some big-ass divine being comes along and rearranges our struggles so we don't have to learn You don't pluck a kid out of kindergarten and shove them in the Ph.D. class. It's who they become in the journey. It's who you become in your journey. It's who you become when you honor and fulfill your life purpose. That'll give you a sense of satisfaction with your life, a sense of fulfillment with your life. And there's really no end to that. You You can't exhaust it. Your your soul has this multi multi-dimensional view of obtain billion variations of what your life can become, regardless of your age, regardless of your condition. You're never stuck. You're loaded for bear. You're sitting in the best seat in the house. Look yourself in the mirror and go, damn, how did I luck out? Look, I have a body. I have a purpose. I can be a vehicle of love. How damn cool is that? Some bitch. That's the good stuff. (laughs) Well, time flies pretty fast. I want to thank you, the audience, for showing up for yourself. Here we are at the end of the episode, and here you are too. I applaud you. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Always a pleasure. Until next time. I'm your host, Les Jensen. You've been listening to a new human living broadcast. If you're a spiritual seeker, you're going to eventually bump up against your relationship with God, especially if you grew up in some of the more classic Western religions. Forgiven Sinner, God's Last Savior, is a spiritual book written for spiritual seekers to help them heal their relationship with God and more fully embody their own life purpose. Forgiven Sinner, God's Last Savior. Get your copy. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.